You're now listening to Voices Rising Press Podcast. I'm Shelly. And I'm Sarah. We are two writers, mamas, and soul sisters who created this space for personal growth, fellow writers, and people who aspire to live an open-hearted, authentic life. Every Wednesday morning, we put out a new podcast episode and talk about life, parenting, writing, books, current events, upcoming publications. We interview fellow authors and so much more. We are more than just a publishing company. We strive to be a community of connected, creative, real people who speak our truth. We appreciate all of you listeners and are always looking for new suggestions and ideas. Please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know more about what you are interested in hearing. book club. You, I'm so excited for this book today. So I read or listened to it in the last few days really so it's very fresh for me. And what is this book my lovely Sarah? Untamed. Untamed. I feel like it needs more of like dun 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 untamed by Glennon Doyle and he's like a very grand introduction. Like with that radio voice. With the radio voice which we are this is our podcasting voice. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I I also listened to it and then I creeped out. I love creeping out on YouTube and just like watching all of the TED Talks and the interviews and things. So I, yeah, I got really yeah involved in this as well. So Glennon Doyle is the author and there's some really good TED Talks with her or other podcasts. Like I listened to a podcast with Oprah. I don't know what's called again but oprah's podcast where she re-broadcasted some of her speeches and oh so good do we need to give a little intro to glennon doyle if you don't know who glennon doyle is she is incredible she is a new york Times bestseller and her, her original book was love warrior and another best-selling book was carry on and she also created an online community called momastery and she is a founder and the president of Together Rising. And I was actually reading about this or listening about this all women nonprofit organization. And they've raised something crazy like $23 million for women. That is awesome. It's pretty fucking cool. I love that she's doing, you know, she's not just out there writing books. Like she's doing what she's saying and yes. living it. It's so awesome. It, and one of my favorite, favorite Glennon Doyle quotes, which Sarah knows we say all the time, is that I can do hard things. And it's on my cabinet in my kitchen I can do hard things I love that yes and she shares her story is she was a school teacher and she would always walk past um one of her she with her class I don't know if it was like second or third or fourth grade students and she would walk past with the students and one of the teachers on the walls it was really huge and it said I can do hard things and she was having a really hard school year and she would walk past that with her students and like but I can do hard things and show the students which I love that like love where it came from yeah like many many years ago that's so awesome it was like her mantra yeah and I love the way she starts the book out because so she wrote this book love warrior first before this one and it's about saving her marriage to her husband and he had cheated on her and they were seeing a therapist and I love the way she's like I wrote the book as a way I'm not sure if I actually wrote the book and then lived a life according to my book or the other way around but like she was almost trying to write her story the way she wanted it to go mm-hmm. that she, her marriage wasn't going to end they were going to fight for their love yes. and 
Yes. And she almost was like, there, I fixed it. I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. And then it all just fell that, apart. Well, just as that book, I listened to this yesterday too, just as the book was being released, she was getting filed for divorce. And she was like, that's just how life is. I wrote this book about being a love warrior and I was getting a divorce here. Yes. Like, here and the, the juxtaposition yeah. of all that. And then, so then she also starts the book out with the story of meeting her wife. And yeah. while she's still married, while she's promoting the book Love Warrior oh, yeah. of saving her marriage, she's falling in love with a woman. And she eventually just owned up to it and told everybody what was going on. And I think how brave, like how vulnerable that is. And I love how she was, I think it was some sort of like, was it a book conference or something that she was yeah. in? And she literally just said she was sitting in her seat and just like this like uncontrollable feeling like overcame her. And she said she just like stood up and her arms just like fly, flew out to the okay. side like a bird. And she was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, sit down, sit down. Yes, like, as sit soon down, as Glenn, that, and Glenn, and sit down. <laughs> she didn't even know her, but like the lady that would become her wife walked into the room and Glennon just like responded. She woke up, she got up and put her arms out. And like, I love that her soul, she said something like my soul, connected. like connected with her soul and was happy. And that's how, what it expressed itself as. Yes. And I'm trying to think of what her wife's name is. She was a soccer Abby. player. Abby. Yes. She was a soccer player. Right, yeah. and um, had written a book too, I think. I think she That's has That's how they too. met there, yeah. Okay, because it was like a book conference. And I took some notes too, and I love the opening of the book. And so this book is called Untamed, and it's she talks about how she took her children to the zoo, and her daughter Trish was on her wife's shoulders, and they start out, and there's like a little lab right there. And the lab comes out with a trainer, and there's this little kid's Jeep with like a pink, dirty, nasty bunny like attached to it. And they're telling the story about the lab and how the lab trained the cheetah. And so there's a cheetah that's best friends with the lab. The cheetah, yes, but they first have the lab and the cheetah isn't around yet. And the lab the takes off with the little pink bunny and the pink in the little Jeep and it takes off and just starts chasing it. And then they bring the cheetah out who's best friends with the lab because the cheetah has yet yeah, been trained and the cheetah just takes off. And, and is, does the same thing as the lab. A, yeah. And is this tamed cheetah. And... What was what? I don't know if it was her daughter or another. A little, little girl, girl asks, "Yeah, like doesn't doesn't she miss the wild?" Yeah, and the the zookeeper was like, "Oh no, honey, this is all she knows. She doesn't she doesn't miss the wild." And Glennon in that moment was like, "Like what? Like she's a cheetah. She's a goddamn cheetah. Like she's wild." And then the cheetah got released into her little captivity spot, and the cheetah just kind of took her own regal like stance and she was sitting up and she was like stalking back and forth and she was like the untamed like uncaged like she was caged but she still is a fucking cheetah like the cheetah was a cheetah even if it's in a cage even if she's in a cage and then this whole metaphor of like so this was a great question that i had was like what does untamed mean like what does that mean to you and living an untamed life yeah Yeah. and i love yeah i love her explanation of it it just gave me chills and goosebumps like of how especially us as women we are trained to be a certain way and we are growing up with all these shoulds and categories and cages and then she says she asks the question is like what are you underneath of all of those like what does your wild self do what does your wild self want yeah and um i think there's a quote i have one here it says oh be careful with the stories that you tell about yourself that was like one of them but I, I also wrote down too, like being true, like for me, untamed also can be like, be
being true to our vulnerable, authentic soul state. And that even is embracing like our painful side, our angry side, and stepping into our power and not living in these boxes, like you just said, Sarah. Who we were meant to be. Yeah, of being like these small, kind, quiet, and reserved people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of my really favorite quotes from this first part is, when a woman finally learns pleasing the world is impossible, she learns how to please herself. Oh, that gives me so many goosebumps. And I really feel like as women, we need to tap into like, what does that mean? Really asking yourselves those questions. Like, who was I trained to be? Like, why am I the way that I am? Or why do I respond to things the way that I do? Yeah. Because we're programmed. So much programming. We're so fucking programmed. We're so like, we are in this cage. It's like, wait, when do we like allow ourselves to have that key and unlock our cages and like peer our heads out? Like, yes. when is that moment for To us? get in touch with our cheetah. Yes. And... I think too, it's just really tending to yourself, like who you are and how you're fucking feeling. And even if it's not pretty and beautiful and when you, especially when you don't fit into these boxes that society tells us to, and even Glennon talks about her eating disorder with like bulimia, like, you know, we're taught like you need to look a certain way. You need to be this thin, beautiful woman who sometimes is ditzy or blonde big boobs, big, you know, all of the fucking bullshit that we're taught into. And even she talks about like these boxes of religion and Sarah, mm-hmm. you know, like and sexuality and, yeah, and like what your sexuality is supposed to be. It's like, are we supposed to fit into these boxes? And yeah. like, like in Glennon talks about her whole life. Like, yeah, she got married, had the kids. And then she started having these like hidden desires that she wasn't sure about because it didn't fit into her mold of society. Right. And it's like, can I, can I break out of that box? Yeah. You know, like, or like, well, and you can, but the big underlying thing is fear. It's like, what if the fear of the world rejecting me or the fear of no one's going to accept me. And I feel like that's a great moment to just sit with yourself and be like, what would be so fucking bad? And she talks about like the Island, like living on her Island. Like yes, if you were to just live on your own Island and just do the things that you want to do, be the person that you want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that analogy of the island of like setting that like not just like setting the boundaries of what you want for your life, who you want to be in your life, how they're allowed to behave when they're in your life. I think we need to pay a lot of attention to like who do we let in and what morals are they putting out there that we're like taking on for ourselves. Mm, that's like those boundaries. Here's another great quote, everyone. Being human is not hard because you're doing it wrong. It's hard because you're doing it right. You will never change the fact that being human is hard. So you must change your idea that it was ever supposed to be easy. Mm, I love that. <laughs> yeah, she is so full of really good, like, just And it's so stuff. deep, like down. It's so interesting because we are trained from such young ages that we need to be like this happy version of ourselves and... I mean, I got really caught up in that too. Like, I must be my best version of myself all the time. And I oh, need yeah. to show up this perfect blah, blah, hair, makeup, everything. And it's like, no, that's not real. Yeah. It's and I real. was, I <laughs> write about this a lot in my book, but I was really triggered a lot when I was a kid growing up because in my family's faith and in our family culture and things, women were definitely given like, and they were just, it wasn't like inadvertently, it was like purposely put into a second place below men and told that's where they belonged. And no uncertain terms, 
you will obey your husband someday when you grow up. You'll go from your father's control to your husband's control and always under father God's control. All this man control over women telling how we should be, who we should be, how we should look, how we should speak. I, I remember reading this article from some woman, a religious um, woman who wrote about how to basically be your husband's sexual slave in order to please him. Holy fuck. And that is okay. <laughs> Christians loved it. They were like, yes, yes. What about you as the woman? Exactly. Like, what about our pleasures and, and our desires? And that's what this book, I feel like, really touches on is like, let's stop being so goddamn tame. Yeah, yeah. And allow yourself to express yourself however it is. And even with her story of she was so afraid at first to break up her marriage but she was so fucking incredible when her husband was cheating on her like she was so gracious and she literally wrote a book about healing it and when it came time that she told her husband about Abby 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 he was actually pretty awesome like he I mean he wasn't I'm sure like I'm sure he wasn't like perfect perfect but he has had like a very awesome like pretty they have a really open relationship and he even like has played soccer on the same soccer league as her wife Abby. Yes, like I love, I love that. that. Do, you, do you remember yes. that part of the book where um, They're Lennon the is in the field and she's sitting on a blanket and she's with her kids and this old lady, this older lady or a lady, is like, "Oh, who are you here watching?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm here with," I think she was like, "with my wife." Well, I think they said something. Oh, oh with no. their dad. Yeah. They're with, with their they're dad. Watching their he's dad. Over there and they're like, oh, yeah. And she said, I'm also here with my, with uh, Abby. And they're talking about, oh, my gosh, Abby. The is your husband married to Abby? Is your, yeah. And she's like, no, Abby is my wife. And the lady was like, wait, what? And the way she looked at her, she was just, she could feel this just splashing wave of judgment. This is a, like, your ex-husband is playing soccer with your wife and you're sitting here watching <laughs> with your cheering? kids. Like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> dysfunctional family but and that's she, so functional actually yes, and she had a, and how functional is that yes. they have that relationship it's uh, it's pretty great it's pretty great yeah i love the part where she goes into like how she used meditation to sort of get down and dig down deep like she was going through you know the eating disorder thing and this leaving her marriage and questioning her her identity her sexual identity and yeah like she was locking herself in this closet and meditating and you know I love the way she described it because it's so accurate you know just being like I what am I doing I'm in here making shopping lists in the closet (laughs) looking at my phone every minute like is it over yet is it over yet I said 10 minutes but god it's like fucking hours and then eventually you know just sinking into that knowing of herself and realizing that like like this is it this is everything like learning to sit in your feelings and sit with everything that is and not try to change it, just to yeah. just be there. And not try to judge it. And, I and think, not judge it, yeah. Well, right, and that's one of the biggest misperceptions with meditation is meditation. We have this concept that meditation will make us this peaceful, spiritual, enlightened human. And Never I even, ever have bad reactions Totally, and I used to anything. get caught up on that too. And I love how she does say that, and it is part of that piece of healing you have to feel your feelings to heal through them and healing is not going to be this one day where we wake up and we're just like I am healed it's just this inward journey this constant daily inward journey of just allowing yourself to be fucking human because being human is hard and there's you know 
emotions are flying at us just like our thoughts. They're just coming at us just from all angles and every moment. And the universe is just constantly testing us. And a lot of us just shove it down, like really deep down. Yes. Right? And can't feel it, can't face it or whatever. And right. it's and actually getting worse down in there. It's it's mag like multiplying yes. and coming out through like passive aggressive or unwanted ways. Yes. Maybe it's coming out through addictions or coming out through like unhealthy behaviors. And we don't realize it, but it's just because we're not facing those things. We're not feeling them. Right. It's coming out anyways. You can't stop it. You know? It's yeah. like either you look at it and deal with it or you deal with the consequences. And Glennon also talks about how fucked up the world is because they say, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're overwhelmed because you don't have these countertops, because you don't have the designer jacket, because you don't have a Starbucks coffee in your hand every second of the day. Like we're just, we're fed that we aren't enough because we don't have all the things because media is constantly just like telling us social media, like you need to have this, 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 this. And it's all of these very empty ways of taming us pretty much it's like oh Mm -hmm. stay small stay in your box have that picture perfect image of what your life should here come our shoulds yep should be but isn't but isn't yeah and pointing out our you know flaws i love what she said we're not broken we're flawless Mm. there's nothing wrong with us already we are flawless and there's no thing we have to do to fix Mm. we live with our feelings we go into it and then and we accept Mm. and it's funny this is has so much relativity to the blog article I'm writing right now, which is about responding with love. It always comes back around. I'm like, holy shit, Glennon. (laughs) We're on the same page. And um, I love, okay, here's another quote from her. She says, this is not about rebelling. This is not about running the opposite direction of whatever it is that you don't like or don't want. She said, rebellion is just as much of a cage as obedience is because... Yes, isn't that so good? Like, yeah, dumb. When you Glennon. are pushing so hard against something, you're it's the same exact thing, you know. Like, it's actually yeah. you're caging yourself into well, that like role. Negative attracts negative, right? Right. Yeah. So I you're just, just like bringing that. You're attracting that. Here's a great quote too: When women lose themselves, the world loses its way. We do not need more selfless women. What we need right now is more women who have detoxed themselves so completely from the world's expectations that they are full of nothing but themselves. What we need are women who are full of themselves. A woman who is full of herself knows and treats herself enough to say and do what must be done. She lets the rest burn. Dang. Mm, I like it. Ooh, that's good. And knowing yourself and trusting yourself, that reminds me, she talks about she said during meditation, she realized that it's not about trusting God. It's about trusting herself. It's not about knowing God. It's about knowing herself. And I mean, that's a much more worthy, like bigger goal. Cause she, you know, she came from a Christian background and she really struggles with the whole, I love the part she goes into about religion and church Yeah. and how she's, she basically said some churches don't have God in them. They've divorced themselves from that concept and when you leave the church because they're abusing you, you're taking God with you. And that, you know, she just put it in this context that the God is that like deeper knowing of ourselves and, and like that deeper compassion. Like that is the God. It's like your inner, it's like your inner knowingness and inner self. Yes. Well, she's had, she actually talked about in this interview too, Glennon did about how she'll be at a big convention and a woman will stand up and be like, 
I used to connect with you so much, Glennon, and now I'm just having a really hard time connecting with you. And she's having all these critics and this pushback, and even from the church, because some of the churches are saying, well, you're gay, so Mm -hmm. God doesn't accept you because you're gay. Oh, you're divorced. Like, a lot of religions, like Sarah was raised, like, you're divorced. Oh, God doesn't approve of that. You're God doesn't sinner. recognize divorce. That's yeah. what my parents and families believe. Yeah. That like you're kind of still technically married to that person in God's eyes, which is interesting. like. <laughs> it's very interesting. And I love this quote that we just read too about like losing yourself. I feel really in tune with this, like that we have to like almost like lose who we think that we are and we're pers- our perceptions of who we are taught to be to actually really understand who we really are. Mm-hmm. That's what my book, Awaken You, is about. It's about yes. finding who you really, really are, like deep at a soul and a heart level, like in that emotional pit of your guts. Like just and, who are you? Yeah, and like waking up to that and not putting, like I think we go to sleep in so many areas and we just sort of like keep because we're tamed. pushing it down that doesn't fit into my that doesn't fit into my story that doesn't fit into my box yeah you know and then like waking up like your book is is like finding out all those things that are outside of our box that we didn't know yeah. like we kept pushing it out there but like that's us too it is we Ooh. don't yeah we belong and i like this quote she says and now that we don't have to be good, we can be free. Oh, I love that too. Like, why do we have to be so good? These like good, perfect moms and why? That's yeah. a box. That's a cage. It's a box. That we were put into. And I know this is actually skipping more towards the end of the book, but the, it's, okay. it's relatable because her book actually, as you were saying, doesn't really follow a format. It's well, we were talking wild. about this. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> there's this awesome interview with Maria Forleo and Glennon Doyle. And she talks about how she originally started writing Untamed, structured how she would write, like the intro, the middle paragraphs and the conclusion. And she had like over, well over, I think it was 140, 100 and something pages. And then she was like, this is not working because I'm trying to write this book about being untamed and I'm structuring it and I'm putting it into this fucking cage. To a cage. And then she's like, no. So she just goes at this book, just like claws in and just like telling her story and it's all over the place. And it's a truly like, untamed creative nonfiction also is like it's a memoir but right wouldn't you also call it creative nonfiction? yeah I mean she's well she goes into stories and she goes into like more just philosophy or you know her take on things I really like it I mean which is her but I did piece. get that sense when I was listening to it that I was like what is the structure here <laughs> I and, know and that I which, know that I'm like that's awesome which you know what's awesome Sarah yeah. because I got some feedback and one of the feedback was is that the structure of my book uh, awaken you needs to be more structured oh funny and she was like think of when you write a book when you read a book what are you looking for and I am not a structure reader I'm not looking uh, to see the structure you might be are you I definitely do I, but yeah. I just more like as a skirt a survey like a scan to see like what's going on and then I can go deeper okay see and I'm but, not I'm like scan scan and I'm like brrr, I'm like where can I where can I connect 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 and I connect yeah. really big with stories and that's why I really mm-hmm. connected to Glennon is because she's such a great storyteller and she goes so in depth with that and another one of my feedbacks was that I go really far in depth and that I should summarize and then now I'm reading this I'm like I I appreciate your feedback and I value feedback for my book I also though need to stay true and that's what Glennon did like she had to she had kickback from her editors and from the publishing house and say 
you are investing in me because I'm me. And I'm writing a book about being untamed and uncaged. So I very well can't make it this structured book. So yeah. you either have to like trust in me or I can peace out, you know? <laughs> and I'll go t- print my peace. own books. <laughs> yep. I mean, at her pace, she could have her own publishing she could, company. Yeah. And, like, blow it up big time. Yeah. So anyways, going back to the, what I was saying about yes. women, yes. Uh, she wrote that it's easier for the world to love a suffering woman than it is for them to love a joyful, confident one. And yes. our culture, our society, it's all geared towards this, this ideal maybe of like the suffering, the long suffering, giving kind woman who doesn't really rise above. She's And like how many of us like will miscategorize a confident joyful woman and say i don't really like her what a bitch right and like if you question that and say well what don't i like about her because she speaks her mind is that and a man who does that is seen as successful yes a man who does that is seen as confident and good and like so just as women we take that in as little girls we take that in and we think why can't i'm not allowed to be that way i'm not allowed to be you know bossy or brassy or bold right which is so interesting too and i love this story too that she shares with uh about her daughter tish and there's like a girl on her their soccer team and she's like just running around i don't know if this was the interview or the book but she's like running around and the girl's just like effortlessly just like bam and she's making all these goals and she's like swinging a ponytail and she's just very confident in just who she is and she's just like crushing it and just owning the whole field and all the girls are like she is such a brat can you believe her just because this girl is naturally talented and really confident Mm -hmm. and even as Mm -hmm. kids it's a great example of like that judgment piece that we're fed into yeah and well now switch the genders it's a team of boys and there's a boy doing that everyone would be high-fiving look at that guy he's the team captain yes the best that is interesting he's they're seen as more likable Mm -hmm. if they're confident and powerful whereas women they're seen as less likable which i think we all need to challenge that gender stereotype and even within ourselves and say is that living within me you know is that like living in that part of life right yeah am i still presenting that expectation of myself and maybe even asking too, like, what am I so afraid of? Like, what is the scariest thing? And maybe even, I think sometimes playing that scenario of like, what is the absolute scariest thing? Like you even talked about yeah. in one of your podcasts. What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, about like playing a music gig and like yeah. laying on the floor like, I'm so scared like a beetle. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm awful. I suck. Everyone's booing me. And then you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Like, you're like, I could live through that. You're like, about like publishing our books. Like, what is the scariest part about publishing our books? Right. That some people are not going to like it. People hate it or criticize it. Or or what if people fucking love it and connect with it and it encourages them? I already know one person who has one of my beta readers who we have inspired her to write. That's and she's awesome. like, I've always thought about writing, but I've always been scared to. And you are inspiring me, you and Sarah. So That's I'm awesome. There it is. Yeah. So I, I think I like her book because she goes into all these different topics on that same idea of untamed, but then she just sort of riffs on like in parenting. I love the riffs. riffs. In society, in politics, in religion, like she kind of goes off on these little things. So when she particularly, when she talks about parenting, I love, love, love what she said, like just about teaching our girls and our boys to get in touch with their feelings and let them be 
and stop you know becoming blind consumers in our culture like questioning it criticizing it well and even how glennon talks about her marriage and at first she was like i'm staying in this marriage for my children i'm staying in this marriage for my daughter to protect my children and then she realizes that our children are mirrors to us and why would i want to teach my child to be unhappy and live a a caged life and that was like part of her her awakening and her untaming herself and uncaging herself was like I have to stand up and do this and my children are going to see me living this creative, bold, crazy life that people are not going to agree with that you go from being married to now being a lesbian and being married to a woman and dealing with the backlash from fallout. her mom, the fallout from her the Christianity, her fan, her people. Yeah. Like she had a big fucking following that she, I love it, but she yes. just decided to fuck it, I'm changing because that is what is happening inside of me right now. Like, I need to... She owned it, yeah. And she did own it, and it's beautiful. And, like, the premise of that is our children, like, if we want them to live these bold, courageous lives, that we have to live them ourselves. We can't just say that you need to live this life. Right? And then actually show them the opposite. Yes. Right? And so... Um, similarly, like I thought I had to stay in my marriage for my kids, for my daughter, so she wouldn't have to grow up in a broken home and that would be really hard on her and this and that. And then I, I, I almost came to that exact same realization that like, yeah, but I'm actually showing her it's okay to just stay somewhere that makes you unhappy. It's okay to stay in a broken relationship or marriage that you've tried and can't fix like, that's not what I want to teach her. That's not what I would actually tell her and even Rowan if she too. was in that situation. Yeah. And Rowan, too. Like, is yeah. this okay to treat someone like this? Because no. they won't leave you. Well, And you don't want him to be that mirror of yeah. your ex. Like, no. Oh, and I was yeah. losing my relationship with my son because I stayed. Yeah. Because he was losing respect for me. And that all changed the minute I decided to leave. Right. And I started getting back my relationship with my son. And I watched my daughter go from, like, an anxious very difficult child to one I mean she's still hard but she's full of so much joy Mm -hmm. now and it has changed like everything for us just living into who you are yeah well and to like coming back to the book too and your experience is that we think as parents that we need to save our children from pain and from suffering and that we think it's our job to shield them Mm. from the world and so many parents do that we definitely do that Mothers have martyred themselves in their children's names since the beginning of time. We've lived as if she who disappears the most loves the most. We've been conditioned to prove our love by slowly ceasing to exist. And I think that's so powerful. Like, that's not what we're trying to teach our kids, but that's what we are teaching them is how to disappear. This one's really good too, though. It says, what a terrible burden for children to bear, to know that they are the reason their mother stopped living. What a terrible burden for our daughters to bear. To know that they chose to become mothers. This will be their fate too. Because if we show them that being a martyr is the highest form of love, that is what they will become. They will feel obligated to love as well as their mothers loved after all. They will believe they have permission to live only as fully as their mothers allowed themselves to live. That chills, uh, man. I love it. As especially as mothers of daughters, yes. you and I, it's like we have to show them what it means to be an uncaged, untamed woman, because there's not enough examples of that out there for them right now. Right. And hopefully, that will become more and more. And hopefully, they can start presenting that to their own daughters. 
Yes. They choose that, but... Well, even shifting, I think it's like both of us have, you know, have had done so much healings with the relationships with our birth mothers mm-hmm. and that sometimes like I have to step personally myself away from that relationship and choose to create a new relationship. Like I, I'm choosing to create what I want with my daughter and I don't have to like stay stuck in that martyrdom and that ooh, yeah. yuck of, of what I was raised on. Right? It's like we can exactly. shift that. Powerful. Totally. And so I like this. She says, your parents had their turn to build their island, but it's your turn now. Right. You build your own island. Well, Don't be like, stuck on theirs. Yeah. And I love that. Like if you could do like a visualization or like a, a meditation practice and you could just like close your eyes and just almost like imagine like your safe island, your place of like peace and love and whatever joy or happiness and just like imagine all of like what what would that life look like for you and don't think of what it, anyone else would think about mm. your island like this is your island so you get to create it and people who are uncomfortable with the way that you choose to live your life people who want to stay stuck in the past or stuck in lies or want they, you to stay stuck in your past <laughs> yeah, or, yeah we can take we can or stuck s- in their lives put them on a ferry or a boat and we can like put a rocket and attach it to the end and just shoot them off <laughs> to of our island bye-bye <laughs> she says live your truest most beautiful life without asking for permission or offering an explanation which really resonated with me. It's yeah. like, I I feel like I've been trying my whole life to explain myself to the authorities, to the bigger people of like, well, you know, like as if I owe them an explanation. Yeah. I don't. No. And why do you think, why do we think we do? Yeah. We, those cages. Yeah. Those bars. Expectations. I don't and know. along with that, I kind of had this towards the end. Glennon talks about how she worked with this one woman and she asked her to write a letter of like what would the truest most beautiful life like that you ever could imagine be for for yourself and she asked her to write it and she wrote Mm. it and then the woman wrote it and then she said well now go put that on your husband's pillow and she put it on her husband's pillow and told him what her truest most beautiful like untamed life would be and she didn't hear anything from him for weeks I think two or three weeks and she didn't say anything and he didn't say anything and it was just like crickets and crickets and it gives me goosebumps Mm -hmm. and then I think it was three weeks later he wrote his truest most beautiful life and put it on her pillow doesn't that give you goosebumps that's awesome so maybe that could be a homework assignment that we could do like maybe you could do a journal journey I do those in my book awaken you that you could just take a moment to do a journal entry for yourself Maybe just like you could slow yourself down, sit with yourself, take like 10 or 20 really deep, expansive breaths, put on some chill music and just journal. What would your truest, most beautiful, untamed life that you could ever imagine? What would it look like for you? Like, what would it feel like? What would it smell like? What would you wear? Where would you go? What would you act like? Who would you surround yourself with? Mm. Like, think of all of those little details and you could just when we can start with these really small things and it's not saying that you have to do all of those things, but right when we can like think it or start here in the mind, we can slowly, slowly start bringing that like down into our heart and seeing how that resonates. And then maybe like we could always ask like, like what if, what if this could be a version of my life? Like what if I could start doing these things? And then maybe, like maybe we could start allowing that truest, most beautiful, 
most untamed version of our lives to unfold. I love it. Maybe we can post this on our Facebook page too. It's like share. What is your vision? What is your most beautiful life for you? Yes. I think it'd be fun to get and some feedback. And it's vulnerable and real. And you can just try to like detach yourself from judgment is the biggest piece. Yeah. Because we're all so worried about what everyone else thinks about us. Oh God, what will the kids think? What will my spouse think? What will my parents think? What will my... Blah, blah, blah? I don't give two fun fucks what everyone else thinks. <laughs> I want you to just be like in your own safe space. Your, like island. your island. Yes. In the island. In the island. That is a really good one. I love this quote too. I will not stay, not ever again, in a room or a conversation or relationship or institution that requires me to abandon myself. Mm. Glennon Doyle. Good old Glennon. That's, ah, it's so true. Like if you are in a conversation where you're just not feeling it, what would the worst thing be about walking away from that? Like really? No thank you. Walk away. I totally did that with my birth mother. I was like, I yep. did that. I have done that this before awesome. with people where it's like, you know what? This conversation is sucking my life And away. even if you just, <laughs> what if you just like stop talking, push the mute button, and then you're like, oh, gotta go. Oh, I gotta pee. <laughs> like, oh, it's nap time. <laughs> or you don't even need to say anything. Just, yeah. nope. I need or to like, go. why do we think that we have to be in relationships with people or even institutions whether they're like religious institutions or like educational institutions Mm -hmm. that if we don't resonate with them like how you were with the college that you went to you never were in alignment with that college nope you were so like out of alignment and there were so many signs and messages that you were like what the fuck are they feeding people here like dude no i thought i could just like grin and bear it you know like get through it it wasn't something i was going to enjoy but just like a prison sentence or whatever like it would just be something to be gotten through, which is horrible way to see college. I think of that and, part in your book, sorry, that yeah. when you're like at the church and he's up there like telling women that they're going oh, to God. like obey their husbands. Maybe yes. you can go a little deeper so, into it. The chancellor of the school, like the son of the man who founded the school, whose son is now the president. So it's like a generational thing. Okay. So he's like the religious expert of the school or whatever. And he got up and preached the sermon one Sunday which we were required to go to every Sunday morning service. No, no exceptions. The chosen topic. He just got up and started. He's kind of a crazy old fucker, you know, but he <laughs> gets up and he starts ranting about women who dare to go out and get jobs. Women who don't stay home and take care of their children like they're supposed to. Women who protest. Horrible protesting women. Women who are like rising the corporate ladder. He, he just started like... I mean, literally everything that's in Glennon Doyle's book, he was like cutting it down piece by piece. You are not allowed. Women should live in this box. Women, how dare they get out of that kitchen? And weren't the women like around like, oh, yeah. And yes, and I was the one that I was sitting there in like, what the fuck? Looking around at everyone and being like, are Are you you guys okay with this? Like, you're accepting what he said. I wanted to stand up. I didn't have the bravery or the courage to do it but what I wanted to do and what I did inside my body in my mind was stand up and be like no you fucking asshole (laughs) (laughs) what if you just or what if you just stood up and walked out of that service Uh, I would have gotten in trouble I would have gotten in trouble yeah and it's like what would be so bad about that right I could have yeah Yeah. 
could have gotten kicked out could've eventually. Could have gotten kicked out. That of attitude she has. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, and you chose to like. I mean, you did get married to like a you yeah. had a crazy like roundabout, but you did not go back to that crazy school because no, that and school was not good for you. I actually had nightmares about that school. I clocked it for seven years. Hi. I remember my last nightmare, and I've been like, "Holy shit, that's seven years from." today that I still have these nightmares and I think that was my last one but I was like seven years really oh my gosh but well and that school is like a cage that school is like a tight cage for like patriarchy socialized yes. institutionalization of women and, and men too oh my it's gosh it's scary but I made it through that and I wrote it I wrote about it in the book you wrote really good about it that's why you brought that up because like yes, I, that whole institutional thing that like you were a like sitting in there is almost like abandoning yourself because you're sitting there like, yes. does me sitting here equal me agreeing what this guy is saying? Because I don't agree with a goddamn thing that he's saying. They And yeah, and they required every, your junior year. So every semester you had to take a Bible class, but your junior year, you had to take one called Doctrines and Theologies. And it was literally where they trained you in the doctrines of the church and how to argue them. And I used to jokingly call the class indoctrinations. <laughs> like you're going to my indoctrinations class oh my now. Gosh. And I just kind of sat there like one, you know, my cheek firmly in between my teeth, you're trying like, not oh to argue gosh. about anything and be like and writing it down like a good student. But I was very good at being good on the outside. And you would have a filter, an inert filter. Yes. You were like, this is not penetrating me. <laughs> it's here on the surface yep. like it's I'm like seeing what they want me to believe and I'm knowing that's not me but I'm gonna pretend like that I do because that's the easiest way to like not get in trouble not get kicked out not raise my gosh ruffle feathers but inside I knew who I was and I think that I really resonate with this book and with Glennon Doyle in general because she like gets to the deep meat of it and yes. like allows all those things that like when I was a child were not allowed and you probably experienced the similar like roles that they try to push girls into oh yeah of course that you need to be this certain way and I think a lot of mine was that you need to look a certain way and act a certain way right mm -hmm. it's like you need to be like this and I always identified as like the shy quiet girl and even I have a sister my sister Jenny is so untamed she's been untamed her whole fucking life like she is the <laughs> most untamed person and it's so funny because people will perceive her as like a bitch or just like oh my god she's so much and it's she just doesn't give a fuck like I mean she does she's caring and kind but she is just herself and she wants to like she steps into her power and she lays it all out there and I, I, I my, as a child I always have like oh my gosh Jenny what how are you doing that good job <laughs> <laughs> I just been, like watching her and watching her. Yeah, and then so she goes into um, like social things like racism, and I love the things she talks about, like that we need to like racial sobriety is a term she uses, of like not being so in love with ourselves that you know oh I don't think of you know I I am not a racist. And then she, when she wrote about racism, she actually got called a racist because she didn't do it exactly right. And it really triggered her. Well, she and, was asked to yes. by black women. Yes. Like, and they then asked her to do it. And she got the backlash. The way she did it yes. was like getting backlash. And she was like, you know, I realized that, you know, the thing about it is to say, I don't know, like, I'm going to do the best I can. And then always trying to show up with humility. And when you're wrong, change it, learn, grow. 
Like be willing to say, oh, I didn't get it right. That's fine. I am human. I'm learning. And just be open. That's that humility yeah. of ex- like accepting that you, you're not perfect. You haven't figured it all out. That was a hard thing too. And for her to share that, that like how that all went down, like how she was like hired to, was it blogging? Was she blogging? Or like she was like funding or she yeah. was doing something with like, to like help bring awareness to women white women especially who are like underlyingly like racist like that's what it was but it was like coming from these women who hired her to do this job and it, she got a huge just like smack in the face but she handled it great and yeah. i love how she shares about it in her book too mm-hmm. like you just said like it's so important to allow ourselves that vulnerability to say i don't know everything and like this is my first time doing this and i Maybe I haven't done this like the way that you want me to, but I'm doing my best here. Like, yeah. I'm showing up the best I can here. Right. And she says the fact that it was programmed into us isn't really our fault. Like we're part of this society and this framework that we grew up in is like we just absorb it. She's like, but getting those biases, those unconscious biases out of us, that's our responsibility. Right. You know, we don't have to sh- continually repeat those same cycles. Right. And then she talks about like social justice too. Like when you, like her daughter with the polar bears. Yeah, her daughter with the polar bears. Yeah, <laughs> I love that story. Yeah, do you want so, um, so her daughter is at school and the teacher sort of casually mentions about polar bears dying because of... she's reading a book or something to them. Yeah, yeah right. And like it's that. not yes. like in this whole like big, you know, presentation no. thing. It's just more like on the way to learning something else. We mentioned that the climate change or whatever and, and polar, polar bears, bears are, are dying extinct. and they're starving and i think she saw a picture or a video of one yes. and like it fucking blew her mind she couldn't go out to recess she was like, she was you like know, but the polar bears the are polar dying. bears are dying do the adults know yeah like, like why are they what are they doing yes. about she's this like, everyone wants to go into their teachers like no it's time to go to recess she's like but the polar bears are dying like you want me to just shut this off like you want me to shut off go play the polar bears are dying and just play how am i supposed to play when the polar bears are dying and she like goes into it like and takes this on this polar bear thing and glennon's talking about how like she's super posters fucking annoyed polar with bears. polar bears at some point yes. like why do i have to hear about them constantly what is yes. wrong with her why is she so obsessed with those polar bears these goddamn polar bears and then she has this realization right well she yeah, and she even has a friend who's like she's like can you write a letter saying that the polar bears are fine can you say the polar bears are safe but she has a realization that her daughter one day is like well it's the polar bears now and then next it's us and then she realized is in that moment that it yes it was about the polar bears but then she had this like deeper like oh my gosh like the polar bears, their environment is poor they don't have enough food they don't have that's gonna happen to humanity that's gonna happen to us mom like we're gonna die we're gonna be next yeah and, and then she, she realized that. that the problem is not the girl who's obsessed with saving the polar bears it's the rest of us that aren't we are the problem we're so calloused and so shut down that we don't realize that's a fucking crisis and like and so she's talking about like our compassion and our imagination being the thing that helps us bridge like bridge the gap between empathy like imagining what it's like to be you know in these different like social justice causes allows us to be more human and more empathetic towards them well and a lot of times i think we get stuck and we think we hear of these problems that are happening in the world. And then we're like, well, I can't do anything about it because I'm just one person. But what if you as just one person, you're one person, but you or us as people, like if you believe in something, 
you can do something. Like, and even if it's so small is like reaching out to somebody in your community or getting online and seeing how you could support something that is in alignment with you. Just how Glennon did with her, um, what was this, her nonprofit mm-hmm. Together Rising, like for, for women. Like yeah, she just decided she and it started slow. And it's, she was saying the average donation is $25. That's and of course, there's companies, I'm sure, who have given, and now she has raised her $23 million that she has said, because she just decided that, oh, wait, I'm a person that can do something. Like, this is unjust. This is fucked up, the way that women are treated, the way that women don't have equality in wages, and that men are still, you know, this patriarchy world of, like, how it is ran. Like, it's, I feel like it's slowly. It, yeah. Like, shifting the tide kind of one person at a time and saying, like, what, well, what can I do? Yeah. And, like, it's not all on me, but I can do, like, I can make the world a little bit different because of how I react or because of what I do. And I like her, like she says, is that the kind of world you want to live in or something, like, make the world that you want to live in. Yes. Right? Be the kind of person that you want to be in the world. Like, exactly yeah, yeah. Be the change you, be wish, the change to you wish to see and that's just the same i mean great teachers or whatever like it's all the same just said in different ways yes, I feel it's so true well and the thing is is i feel like sometimes we get stopped where we can think well i don't know anything or i don't have money to donate well what is it that you could do maybe in your community or even what if there's like a facebook community that you could hop on and just support people like you you know like yeah. sarah like people coming out of like spiritual abuse you know like religious abuse like how can you support people who've been through what you've been through and even just helping one person or being there for someone when they really needed it like even just that one act of human compassion like it's not like you have to act in this great big global scope and be some grand you know like helper person or whatever like I feel like it's more about just living from the place you want to live and promoting that yeah because it just makes more of it in the world it just like repeats it's so kindness true. makes more kindness love makes more love right and it's even like small things you could do if you're like a social media person you could make like a vulnerable post about what you're experiencing or like what it is that you feel like the need the world needs and you could just put it out there like this is one of those like opportunities where we could ask that question like well what if like what if like what if I put this out here and like what if I could connect with someone or you know there's you know that me too movement you know like Mm -hmm. what if I spoke my truth all it took was one person starting to stand up and say like that happened to you oh my that happened to me too like all of these sexual assault victims just together it started small and then now there's this huge movement yes of right? people voices being rising rising up <laughs> yes. and speaking their truth it is and that is what we are all about yes and i do love yeah like glennon's voice is so raw and so powerful and just so real and yes. i love everything you know the way she writes about it and just the way she puts it in you know the words she uses it's just and i do appreciate how her book is just her book and it is raw and it's un it really is that untamed it's it's not in any specific category even though it is considered a memoir but it's so just like jumpy and all over the place and I appreciate that from you know a very yeah. active mindset you know it's just like that's how it is it's like bink, dink, dink. like our mind does it just like pops that's how your book is Sarah your mm. preacher's daughter is just like from your five-year-old self to your thirteen-year-old self, bam, eighteen-year-old self. It's like yeah, I like um, I like contrasting, like 
this moment you have when you're a child and then all of a sudden, bam, you're in a moment as an adult, which is the way you experience life. Sometimes you suddenly find yourself like back in a memory and then back in the present moment again. And you're like, whoa. And I do think they all relate to each other in a way like that memory. It has something to do with that moment. So yes. Uh, maybe not in such an obvious way, but it's like informing it's who so you true. are. Yeah. Yes. So overall, for Untamed, yes. I personally give Glennon Doyle a five star. I give her a ten star. Blah, blah, blah. Even <laughs> ten five out stars. of five stars. Five, five, five stars. <laughs> this book, if you haven't read Untamed, I would say read the book, listen to the audio yeah. book. She does a great job, like her voice. And she I love her expresses. audible. Yes. Yes. How, how about you, Sarah? Yes, definitely listen to it on Audible. I love the way she reads it because she just uses her voice and it's um, unique. I don't know. Would you give her a rating? She's kind of, oh, I said 10 out of 5. Oh, 10 out of 5. There, <laughs> oh, there it is. 10 out of 5. And I thought I would like to finish with this little quote. This is not little. It's a great quote. It says, you are here to decide if your life, relationships, and world are true and beautiful enough for you. And if they are not, and you dare to admit they are not, you must decide if you have the guts, the right, perhaps even the duty to burn to the ground that which is not true and beautiful enough and get started building what is. Mm. Lennon Doyle Untamed. Love it. So good. Well, we are so grateful for all of our listeners and this awesome fifth edition book club. Yes. Is, I love book club. It's a, a great time for us to just share. I don't know if it's a book club as much as Sarah and Shelley's chatting about our book. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the, the much abridged version. Much abridged version of Sarah <laughs> and Shelley's take on Untamed. Yes. yes. So thanks to Glennon Doyle for her showing up and being vulnerable and writing about all the hard stuff. It's so inspiring. And I really love what she says. I just think she's a She's an incredible woman. She really is an incredible woman. And Sarah was saying this just earlier, how we should try to share our books with big people who we never would think would read our work. And you said that. I'm like, I'm going to try to share mine with Glennon Doyle. I'm putting it in the universe. I'm saying it out loud. And Sarah's going to share hers with Tara Westover. I'm saying it out loud. Those are our big ones. Putting it into the universe. Tara Westover for Sarah's book and Glennon Doyle for my book. We're putting it in the universe. It's going to be good. So many good things. Well, thank you, friends. And... Please share this on your social media. Share with your friends and your family. And yeah, yeah, help us get our voices out there in the world. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to Voices Rising Press podcast. We are so grateful for you. And we hope you are gaining insightful content here. Please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and a review. And you can read our blogs and follow us at VoicesRisingPress.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Voices Rising Press. Thanks for tuning in. We'll meet you back here next week. Care chicken. Blah, 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 blah. We'll see you next time. We will see you. Thank you. Thank you, our lovely friends. <laughs> Sometimes our endings. Sometimes our endings are...